Welcome everyone. Welcome to the uh, IntelliJ Community Call. Today we have a couple of updates. I'll uh, begin with the IntelliJ Foundation. We have a, a new uh, job opening. Uh, you can go to the document uh, to, to get more details. I'll share the link in the chat. And if you have any questions, uh, you can you can uh, uh, jump in on the Slack and uh, ask more about the, the role. Next, web monetization was also um, uh, uh, got um, mentioning in the press. Uh, so you can find the link to the article. You can uh, read it through. Yay. Uh, we have a few uh, Rafiki updates. You can um, uh, find it on the uh, document as well. Next, we have Filmboss. Adrian, uh, over to you. Hey, folks. Um, so <clears throat> updates and last since last meeting, we had a whole bunch of the ILF crew plus uh, other folks from the web monetization community in Cape Town recently. That was great. We had a work week um, where we, um, yeah, we participated in a, a bunch of the sessions, but also the team have been very focused on getting web monetization fully enabled and the latest versions of Rafiki deployed on our wallet. Uh, so that's all in place. I think we got a demo. Uh, schedule for later. We've been working closely with Radu and the ILF team on how the browser extension integration will work with the wallets. Um, so that's all <clears throat> progressing nicely. We are making good progress on um, peering uh, with Chi Money. So hopefully soon your Chi Money payment pointers and Fainless payment pointers will be interoperable. Um, bit of work to go there, but um, yeah, thanks Uchi for for um, being part of that and we, we're making some good progress with our msb partner and and with chi money on that and then uh finally yeah we're making some progress as well with um on the compliance side working with our msb in the us to open up our wallet to non-us users um so it would still be a usd denominated account that you would get um but there sort of warming up to the idea of of making it available to non-us users with some sort of constraints on the amount of money that people can hold in the wallet and and transaction limits so that's quite exciting we're um i've uh, been working with alex and ilf on sort of a prioritized country list and and where most of the community are so um yeah if you if if you would like a famous wallet and are not in the us and uh are not you know, actively campaigning Alex for where can I get one? Um, do let him or, or the ILF team know that, um, you know, so they, they make sure your country is on that list. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's the majority of updates from our side. I think we'll, I'll wait till maybe the demos and so on and see if we can help out on answering any questions there as well. Thank you, Adrian. Um, and uh, our leadership team from Interledger is also meeting this week in Tampa, Florida, uh, for the work week. So we'll have more updates on the roadmap uh, for 2024 and the coming years. Uh, so we'll be hopefully able to share uh, more on next community call. Next, uh, we have 
Dr. Mangal uh, from Bowie State University. Dr. Mangal, what do you? Hey, greetings. Sorry, everyone, if I sound a little bad, I'm fighting a nasty cold. I just want to share out some of the stuff we've been doing at Bowie State University. Uh, we've brought on two scholars, which are helping us to do research. One of the biggest challenges, and I think opportunities for us in cooperating with the intellectual community, is creating on-ramps and engagement for students. How do we get students to the interledger community? I think the ILF, um, the Interledger Foundation, has done a great job of building out infrastructure once people arrive to the community. I think the Slack channel is open for communication. I think the biggest challenge being in higher education and being in HBCU is getting students to interledger. And I wish I had a magic formula that is going to like, oh yeah, I got something that's going to work out. But realistically, we've tried a multitude of things over the past year and a half to try and bring students in, retain students, and we've been effective. I think we we have like a funnel approach. So I want to be clear, like we have two scholars who uh, both attended the summit, but we're driving students in. But I think we have to start with more students. So what does that look like? So I don't want to foreshadow or give away big details, but stuff we're doing now beyond the scholars is What's important to you, and I'll get to it second, is restarting the micro internships. Those get students who are aware into the community. And I appreciate Adam from GFAM Live for providing opportunities and inlets. I want to be clear, like, that's just one person. And if, here's my dream. If I could just ask for, like, how could a student help? Like, and what does that mean? Like, if you have a product, like, just asking students, could you give feedback on this? Or even, like, could you explore this? What's your take on this? Like, simple opinions, but a way to, allow students to come in, explore, provide feedback, and sort of get a little mentorship and ask a few questions. Micro-internships are very small. They're the equivalent of like 18 hours worth of work over a 15-week span, but realistically, it's six weeks. Um, last time, there have been larger projects, but I'm like, if we could just even just pair students up with an interledger community member, that would be great a great start. Um, I don't think I I wouldn't expect much for students to deliver, but I think it's that piece of like, how do we get students in, allow them to explore, give them a sort of a micro challenge instead of a micro internship, like we can play with phrasing a little bit, but just sort of ushering them in. Here's a challenge we're dealing with. Um, and it makes that sort of like two dimensional aspect of reading a website, joining Slack, and makes it three dimensional when we create a person, connect a person to it. What more what I'm trying to do at Bowie State University, and I'll replug my internships again, is we'll be doing an introduction to Interledger. That's something I'm like more awareness through. It's just awareness pushing things out. We've hired our one of our student scholars is community engagement. So trying to connect with students, trying to push more on social media, but trying to continue the dialogue. So again, making students aware. But again, the research component is how do we get more students aware of these opportunities? And I think it's a good research question for students because they'll have access to students. They'll be able to ask questions. We'll be able to implement. So we're going to be doing two workshops. We're going to do an introduction to Interledger later this month. I think it's the 29th, though. So two Thursdays from now, we're going to do a Rafiki workshop um, that's based upon sort of that's already been set up with Rafiki where people can create a demo account. But we can sort of do a um, like extend the first intro to Interledger as well as show them how the transactions are done. There's also a course being de developed behind the scenes. Like, I don't want to steal anybody else's thunder, but I just want to give praise for the work that's being on that, uh, being done to, again, once we get students or any individual, I want to be clear, like, I'm speaking from a student perspective. But realistically, if you can get students to join the Interledger community, I think you can get anyone. 
uh, it's like, how do you connect? How do you spread, um, spread the idea? How do you answer questions? What are the, the funnels they would go into? So like, what is their value proposition or what job are they interested in Interledger and how it could solve? Um, the other big thing, like, I don't, this is, I'm going to do a little, this is the community call. I know it's being recorded, but I'm going to give a little, we have an event planning that we're trying to coordinate with another HBCU. As soon as it gets um, confirmed, and I think we also have a, a, a two partners that might come on as well to facilitate it, to try and create this event with students who can do some sort of travel and sort of a hackathon. I'll share more later, but I just want to like drop that little nugget. Uh, I think that's a, that's a, is that a lead or a teaser? Yes, call that a teaser. Uh, but going back to micro internships, like I am here to say, I need your help from community members connecting with students. It I know I pushed it for like jobs, and I know it's very challenging for large companies, but maybe even just sort of a, a workshop or a light workshop or a connect with a student or allow them to see on the other side, <laughs> the other side of Slack, or the other side of this community call, how some things are being done. Um, micro project would be ideal, or maybe a micro challenge, or another set of eyes. But just how would you, if someone expressed interest that they want to help, is there a way they could help you? And that's the way I phrased it. Like, there, it's going to be a, a reciprocal agreement where you're helping them, but you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, but basically, contributing to at least participation. So like now they'll be paired up with someone. So like it gets. They're aware there's a challenge. I really don't think that these are these aren't students that are going to be able to do full time jobs. But if there's just something you could use a set of eyes on or just connect with a student, I think that's going to be really beneficial. So thank you. If there's any questions, I don't know if this format's appropriate, but if there's any questions like I'm available. Um, I could post my email in the chat, but realistically on Slack, it's just Andrew Mangle. I think I'm at I think I'm at a Mangle. Um, and I can post myself there too. I gave a thumbs up to the community call. So if you want to see my name, I'm on the community call, a thumbs up as well. So thank you for the invitation, Vanil. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Madlib. Yeah, if anyone have any questions, uh, please feel free to jump in. Went once. Um, Andrew, do you know what sorts of things your students are interested in as far as types of people to pair up with? So that's been, it's been interesting because I started this time with the past, we have a, a sort of roster, like a running Excel sheet. So if, like, uh, I think Jalair may have reached out, there might have been a community a post on community.interledger and that was asking, so we keep a log of it. I, I, why I'm doing the events is what they were interested in was not what I was hoping for. Because what I want students, I want students interested in specific opportunities. So. Uh, Colt did something last year with a UI UX. Um, I've had about seven interested students. So those that I've sent, I've sent out like 30 and then seven are like, okay, sign me up for something. And then they've been related to project management assistance. That's why I sort of changed the discussion today away from like a specific task to collaboration. Because when someone says like project management assistant, in my mind, I interpret, so this is my projection, my interpretation is they want to help, but they don't know where to help and they'd like to be a part of something. So project manager assistant is like, they just want to help out or they're willing to help out. It isn't uh, like, like I, uh, I, my boss was on here, like cross-border payments, like, uh, or even web monetization, which I would have picked up before with my class. I open this up to everyone. They seem to just want to help. Like they are willing to help. They're interested in exploring. That's why I said like um, 
so answering your question, I don't think there's a specific task they want to achieve, except there is one person that has a specific interest. Otherwise, they've consistently referenced six out of those seven was project management assistant, which is something we had. Um, but realistically, I think there's a better way to approach that. Thank you, Dr. Mangit. Thank you. Um, next, uh, we have the deep dive uh, on web monetization. Uh, I would like to invite uh, CD. CD, over to you. Great. Thanks, Neil. Please just uh, tell me if you can hear and see my, uh, my shared screen. And if you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. OK, awesome. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm going to connect from power here so that we don't that we don't have a, a blackout in like a minute or two thanks Daniel. i'm really keen to just share a little bit of i think adrian mentioned mentioned a little bit of this that in the last week of january we had a group of about 15 or so 16 people um gathered in cape town so that was from the 29th of jan to the 2nd of feb so the intention was for us to have a five-day opportunity to, to firstly meet and I think a line on what our vision, our understanding, our strategy is for womanization as, as a product that we, the, the womanization community, part of the intelligent community are working on. And then to start carving out some very product specific understanding um, and then moving, I guess, lower and lower um, into, into detail, right? Detail around goals, detail around implementation specifics, um, detail around how to how to engage a wider community. Detail around how to pitch uh, from a marketing slash go to market point of view. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm keen to show you a little bit of of what what we covered. I think what I'll do though is just share some highlights from each day, um, and then kind of show you a snapshot of of the outcome. So by the end of the week, where were we in terms of defining the roadmap, in terms of building a little bit of of what you know something that you can actually have a look at um what i have also right at the end um agent um, gave us a little breadcrumb for that as well um, a bit of a sneak peek of webmanization in action with a with a with a fame boss wallet in the background so going to dive in hey, i know i don't want to interrupt you but you said something about sharing the screen in the beginning are you supposed yes. to see a shared screen already because i don't see one Maybe oh, it's just okay. me. Thank you, Savina. I will start again. Uh, well, all I'll do is start with resharing. So, thank you for saying something. I would have spent the next. I didn't even saying, see the loading screen that you usually see with Google Meet. Just never happened for me. I will spend the next ten minutes saying, as you can see, blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. Is that any better? We don't see your screen, Sally. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, it's now coming. It's starting. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So nothing, nothing to report here. We're just reflecting a little bit on the week. Um, starting with an overview. We were here for five days. Um, the thinking was that on the first day we just align or gather on understanding, understanding around um, what webmodernization is, what 
uh, understanding or shared understanding of the different actors are and the personas, if you will. Um, we wanted to we wanted to also start using the same language, if you will, if if you if you will, for things, so that yeah, so that we're talking about or we we're sharing understanding and communicating in a way that's a little bit uh, maybe a little bit more effective. Plenty of work has been done by plenty of really um, experienced and uh, experienced people, right? That are quite mature in this in this space, whether it was in the previous iteration of Coil or you know prior to uh, the actual work week. So by no means were we thinking that we are kind of coming up with things for the first time. We were certainly drawing from, let's say, knowledge and wisdom that uh, resides very much in, in the minds of those that were in the room and, and some of those that were um, outside of the room across across several across the continent or so uh, joining us from Romania. Okay, so day one, we I would say what the point there was to align understanding. Um, and I'll go into uh, some highlights of uh, some, some highlights for each day. Uh, on the second day we we started to dive into the strategy of webmanization or talking about goals. Um, and then we did um, a really, really cool exercise on reimagining what what monetization could be. Right, we've seen it in one, if you will, in one iteration in the coil sense, uh, and it kind of carved how we enter some of our conversations. And what was really interesting was to think and talk about um, it a little bit differently. Okay, on day three, we split into groups. One dealt with like thinking and talking about product strategy. The other group dealt with the implementation detail um, as we head towards um, towards these targets that we have of, of having something um, that we're able to share either in alpha or beta mode in this in this quarter one of 2024. All right, so I'll I'll touch on day four and day five as I continue. Okay. Cool. So day one, like I said, we the point was to gather on understanding or to align on understanding to um, to have our different sort of voices be able to articulate, like what what do we say webmanization is? Um, what do we see as the life cycle of webmanization payment uh, or or tipping in the context of webmanization? There were some interesting conversations about thinking or separating how we see uh, ones of payment, meaning a tip, as an example, from payments that we typically think of as webmanization. So pay as you browse, kind of streaming payments on an ongoing basis. We started to also um, put together a shared view of the, the flow of initially setting up um, a user, initially setting up their webmanization extension. Um, we then dove into, into the actors that are involved in, uh, in WM or Webmo inter inter interactions. And you'll see that on the right-hand side here, I've started to articulate some of what we came out with. It might be super obvious or like well known to some of us in the audience. I just found it really helpful um, for all of us to kind of question and, and like grapple with the point of view that this actor is kind of operating on behalf of or as. Um, and then finally, um, towards the end of the day, um, Jeremiah took us through a really interesting uh, exercise of thinking about the business case or the value proposition that that um, monetization presents. Okay, so very quickly, what I will share with you from day one. Um, first of all, I think I, yeah, I'll do it post uh, post this conversation, but I'll add some links to, for example, this business case, uh, this business case model that we looked at to the, the meeting notes, right? So you can always have a look at it later, as well as to the slide deck. All right, so we said in, 
in the context or in the world of thinking about weaponization, you can think of a user, a provider of weaponization, um, a user agent, and then a wallet. Perhaps the other personas are active. I just want to call these sort of the main ones that we dove into on that day, where we say the user is a person specifically, and they want they want to pay or they they're keen to pay, right? Uh, by visiting websites and seeing whether they're interested or not. Um, and then we spoke about the fact that they're also providers, uh, or in this instance, a weaponization providers, a, a piece of software with a user interface. And the point is that the user, so weaponization user, is able to represent their desires. So what, you know, how much do I want to make available potentially for paying? Who do I potentially want to pay or not pay? And what's the rate at which I want to pay, et cetera? So the provider, is the user interface at which the the, the user, weaponization user, represents all of these wishes and, and what they would like to see happen. An agent, on the other hand, is still software, but without a without a user, without an interface that uses a user in particular. And the point there is that they the, the agent conducts. I guess I think of it as something like a conductor of like a symphonic orchestra. They conduct. Um, what happens in terms of payments that will flow to the receiving wallet based on instructions from the provider. So the agent really isn't interacting with the user or looking up what you know instructions from the user in real time. The agent hears from the provider and the provider alone. And of course, I, we, we just said that the user, um, that the provider represents the desires of the user. So I'm just saying from a communication point of view, the agent says, hey, provider, like what did the user say whenever the last time was that the user um, updated or, or sent you their config or their wishes, right? Um, and then, and then, and then there's the wallet, which is an open payment digital wallet or account, and might be issued. It might have, no, it might. We require that it has an address, um, and it would be issued by either uh, a licensed account service entity um, or account servicing entity or a web monetization provider. So presumably. Um, you are either able, you as a user, are either able to get a wallet from an account servicing entity, for example, Famous, Famous wallet or a GitHub wallet. Uh, that would be sort of where our world begins, I would say. Or you are in a place, a region in the world, a geographic region where GitHub or Famous do not um, make it possible for you to for you to open an account. And so there might be a, a, a web monetization a service provider that makes it possible for you to um, sign up for a service with them and thereby being able to use their um, their wallet uh, and then they would disperse or distribute funds that you have um, to you or funds that you would like to that you would like to send from you. So these are sort of the main actors that we spend quite a bit of time like making sure that we understand and are saying kind of thinking and saying the same thing in the room as we talk about them. Okay, I can waffle a little bit, so I'm going to invite you to raise a hand or ask a question if you'd like. Otherwise, I'm just going to continue, continue with, yeah, with the deck. I'm also going to speed it up a little bit. Uh, so on day two, we dove into thinking and talking a little bit more about strategy and goals, and then we um, had the exercise that I mentioned where we reimagined. Uh, how how we could approach implementing web monetization. Um, you'll see that I've said the strategy is loading here. I guess on the one hand, it's very useful for for it to be clear and succinct, but also like 
agreed across the board. So uh, I've, I've chosen not to articulate it as I see it for now because I know that there can be debate on that. So let's call it loading. But the goals that we did, um, or the goal that we sort of audacious goal that we landed on was the idea of a million users, uh, a million web monetization users or, or visitors, right, consumers of content, um, and then a thousand monetized websites. Uh, this could be platforms, this could be um, independent websites, etc. And of course, it's usually helpful when you're setting a goal to kind of indicate a time frame. We're well aware of that, and, and that's why I'm saying that this is sort of a strategy and goal um, articulation that is still cooking. Um, but we, we could at least agree on this as a baseline or starting point. We also then spoke about who, who the audience then could be for, right, for, for who our target audience would be for what we're building. And so the thinking was that platforms or publishers that already have large user base uh, or a large user base are then able to be the distribution or sort of the, out, the channels of outreach, if you will, so that we are not, we quote unquote, the community is not trying to reach individual users um, as, you know, sort of the main strategy, but rather uh, platforms and publishers that themselves have a lot of, um, a lot of participants, a lot of followers, a lot of um, a large user base. These could be dev platforms, these could be social media platforms, education platforms. Uh, we threw some names out there um, that would be specific ones that we think we can target based on based on having connections or the ability to revive a conversation, et cetera. But I think I'll leave it at this sort of higher level to begin with. And uh, we can go into detail if you'd like. And then and then we had a uh, a really fascinating session led by Jeremiah. I'm not sure if you're on the call, uh, uh, Jay, but the, the idea of reimagining web monetization, so away from how we have traditionally thought of it, where it is almost pay as you browse, right? Or the idea being pay as you browse on this sort of ongoing basis where you quote unquote stream payments, um, stream payments to the website that is visited, the monetized website that's visited. Um, looking at it differently and saying, what if, um, what if I said every day, and we'll just start with the day, for example, sake, I have $5 and I'm going to visit different websites. Some of them will be web monetized, web monetized and some of them won't be. And by the end of the day, there'll be a sort of tally of what my attention was. Um, and be, it'll be possible to say, I spent 10 hours online, half of that time was on web monetized sites, and this is the proportion of time I spend on each one. And then apportioning the payment that you make at the end of the day to each of those web, web monetized sites uh, based on the attention or the, yeah, uh, sort of making a post payment at the end of the day, at the end of the period to them based on the attention that you gave to each monetized website each day. So that was really interesting. It turned our whole sort of approach or thinking about about how, how and when a payment is initiated or not initiated, uh, some of the sh shortcomings of paying as you earn. Um, I think one of the main drivers there that we spoke about was that uh, was the uh, payment at a rate of 60, 60 cents per minute, sorry, 36 uh, cents per minute, right, in the old coil model, I think I think I'm, I'm okay to make that reference, which then works out to a very small 
um, a very small proportion of a cent uh, per second, right? Which is which just meant that from a revenue stream point of view, it was really, really difficult for creators or for publishers to see web monetization as a viable revenue stream simply because of the rate at which people could get paid was fixed, determined by the service provider in that web monetization provider, in that instance, COIL, and quite low, right? So some of the reasons we're thinking about reimagining web monetization or that Jeremiah invited us to think about was to address some of these shortcomings. Cool. I will- Can I ask a question to... there? Yes, please do. Um, so my one alarm bells with that that would go off would be that requires us getting the user to take an extra step at the end of the day of of deciding on that and that's always been like it's when people are busy in their lives will they take that extra step and actually you know put in the 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 money at the end of the day would be i guess the, the question to ask there i also was curious with reimagining web monetization if we're if we've thought about reimagining the name, given that I know as somebody who's gone out there and been speaking about web monetization, um, mm -hmm. everybody thinks they know what web monetization is and they think it's advertising, they think it's, um, it's affiliate marketing and all of those things. And so often when you're talking to groups that would be ideal users for this, like open educational groups, uh, as soon as they hear the word web monetization, they close off and they get their guard up right away. Um, and uh, so so it, uh, it's always been something I've been speaking about since since the early days where where it's been, um, I think, one of one of the, the blocks we've got there. And I'm wondering if 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 possibly at this stage of the game, there's an opportunity to reimagine the um, the the way we term it. I know one thing that Chris has thrown out in the past has been, um, you know, um, terming it browser payments as opposed to uh, to web monetization, which which works if that's you know kind of the long term goal with it. If if it might change, then 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 maybe it's a different word that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Erica. That, those, are, those are some really interesting points that you bring up. So I think the first thing I'd, I'd like to say is this thought exercise of reimagining web monetization was not to say that, and now we are headed in the direction of implementing, but rather say, hey guys, while we're here, you know, kind of for the first time working on making a first post-coil release of this thing that we used to call web monetization, what if we did it differently? And then kind of debating and determining if we're going to, do it that way and when and why that would be a good idea or why that wouldn't be a good idea so very much a thought exercise right not not a not a direction that we are now taking as yet okay so that's on the first point on the second point about renaming that's a really cool um that's a really interesting and cool point that you bring up firstly i would love to open it up because i'm not like there's not an authority on this i think maybe it's much more of a community um Sort of conversation that would be quite interesting. Um, I am also aware, though, that there, there might be some uh, maybe more process-heavy impacts of renaming it because of the, the actual specification, even though it's still a draft at this at this moment uh, with the W3C that we intend to submit as a for, you know for formal consideration, etc. But good point, and I'm now going to take a pause. I would love to hear from. 
I'd love to hear from some of the seasoned folks on, on this point that Erica brings up. So please feel free to come through, uh, Adrian, Sabina, um, anybody else who, who would like to talk to Erica on this point. Um, Interesting that you bring that up, that the term may be a problem. Like that has never occurred to me. Like I, I didn't know that people from different groups were thinking about different things when they heard web monetization um but i just like cd just said we may just be like just a little bit too late to to think about a different term just because now it is actually getting some attention with the experiments in the browser so if we re rename it now then maybe we have more confusion than we already have but yeah, I'd, I'd say the project wrong. and the standard at W3C, we probably don't want to mess with. Um, is but... there is there a way though? So so, without touching the way it's named within the um, within the the standard with W3, is there not a way that we couldn't be utilizing a different name in terms of marketing, in terms of the story out there, in terms of education? Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say. I think that's kind of an ILF call, um, how they want to brand this project um, or how they want to package the product. Or, you know, so you could call the extension, for example, could be called something else. It could be called, the, uh, I don't know, the Bing Bong extension, which implements web monetization standard. Um, yeah, so so that's kind of a that that's I guess just like Rafiki is a brand, right? Rafiki is a brand that's on um, used on a stack of open source software that implements a bunch of standards. Um, yeah, so I guess that that's up to the ILF. I guess if they want to do that, if 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 they agree with you that it's uh, it's confusing, um, I would say on the W3C side, yeah, that's that ship's probably sailed unless the nature of what we want to do ends up being very different like then there might be an inflection point there to say oh, okay well version three of the standard is actually way different to what we've got now so maybe we should call it something else um i would say yeah probably probably uh past the point of no return yeah that's going to just cause more confusion more harm than good cool Thanks, guys, and thank you, Erica. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to revisit this this particular point. Um, that, that's a that's an interesting point that you made, Adrian, about like potentially separating the name of the product from the name of the specification, and uh, maybe leaning into into some of the benefits. Um, yeah, some of the benefits of addressing what, what Erica is talking about. I also have not heard, other than, I thought that you were gonna say, Erica, that it's a tongue twister. I've had to learn how to say web monetization. It's just not, I, these, these are very long words that uh, my tongue doesn't easily uh, wrap around, so. Okay, let's consider that point um, an interesting topic to take away and revisit if that's cool. And then I'll just move on to what we covered on day three. Maybe I'll speed up a little bit more. Um, Erica. We can also take it into Slack, so please don't feel that I am shutting down the conversation. All right, so on the third day, we um, we split up into two groups, one focused on product strategy, one focused on implementation. And the idea was that we would just have really focused time um, 
on the one hand, defining and then refining some sort of roadmap and articulating it in a way that makes sense for like a to be version one and what comes after version one, whether it's version two or you know some some minor versions prior to that. The, the product implementation team then dove really into the implementation details. Um, I think what I wanted to highlight here was on the one hand, we got to a point where it was clear that there needed to be a way for the web monetization extension um, to exchange signing keys with the receiver's wallet. And, and the, those, the, yeah, once that key exchange or once that handshake is successful, we're then able, or the wallet is then able to trust and or at least um, authenticate uh, messages that it receives from, from the user agent as, as valid and as being from a, a known and valid source or authenticated source. And then there was defining, okay, so I, the reason, one of the reasons I began with kind of articulating what the personas were, so an agent versus a provider versus uh, a user, etc., was because we then dove, dove into some detail, excuse me, some detail about the fact that there needed to be a way that the agent, if you will, interfaces or defining the interface between the agent and the provider. And that's because the interface, uh, sorry, that's because the agent is on the one hand requiring um, comms for the provider to be able to let it know what the user has specified. Um, or for the provider to be able to, if it needed to say, hey, agent, by the way, know this, you know, know, know that this tip needs to go through or know that the user now wants to send a one-time payment to this website, that that, yeah, that interface is well-defined. Um, and then the third level of, of detail was um, just defining the workflow or, or the, the flow diagram for um, connecting an agent to the receiving wallet, um, but then also making web monetization payments. Okay. So I'll move us on to the last two days. The implementation group continued to refine the workflows. I will say that actually from day three, um, there also was concurrent development happening um, where the FameBoss team was integrating work monetization integration or capability um, so, that, so that we would be able to have uh, a FameBoss wallet. Um, I hope that I'm, I'm not now I'm mispronouncing it, FameBoss. Famous wallet, yes, um, be the be on the receiving end of payments or even on the on the sending end of payments. So basically, for users to be able to be issued a Famous account uh, with a wallet address that they can then use either as a website visiting user or as the receiving the receiving website. Okay, cool. We we then had the group that had previously focused on product strategy move into thinking and talking about. Firstly, community engagement, we could also call, think of it as advocacy, um, developing and talking through a contribution and, and developing engagement plan there. So a plan around engaging developers and um, engaging other kinds of contributors beyond just uh, uh, software developers. Um, we then also formed a group of, um, we then formed a, the same group, uh, then went on to talk about, if you will, like the marketing slash sales perspective. So go to market where we, uh, had a really comprehensive and really helpful analysis of alternatives to this, what we're calling right, a web monetization, being how Brave, uh, the Brave browser handles awards, um, MASH, which is which is an interesting um, monetizing uh, alternative, as well as Flatter. Um, Jeremiah took us through some some pretty helpful 
uh, analysis of their messaging, of what their offerings were, and some of the ways in which we can learn from or leverage uh, some of how their offering has matured or changed over time. Um, we then ran through a really helpful pitch deck. Um, in fact, pitch is not the right word, sorry, for, for this deck. This was more of a, a web monetization sort of presentation uh, deck or slide deck for um, conferences, primarily web developer conferences. Um, two or three of our ambassadors will be um, will be in conferences, I think in April and then later on in the year as well. So it felt like a really opportune time for us to look at what the messaging, like the very detailed level of messaging and uh, refining the points of what it is that we want to say about this product, its roadmap, and specifically what, like, what will be available or possible by when. Um, and then we also went into a conversation where it was like, there are also opportunities of having just like a five minute conversation with a person one-to-one -one that you could roughly call a sales pitch, but where you're saying, right now I'm talking to potentially a content publisher or and specifically the content publisher is a online newspaper, or this is a platform for uh, funky media or, or, you know, so defining very specific, like three or four episode, uh, I will call them personas, where we're saying, what is the pitch that you would that you would present or that you would that you would set forth to them in just five minutes um, about what womanization is and what it could mean uh, or offer it from their point of view, like wh why this would be a meaningful value proposition to them. Okay, so how it's going? I don't have a lot of time, so what I've done is added a link to the working roadmap. It's not yet in GitHub. It will be in GitHub, let's say, within the next uh, week or two. Um, and the reason is we started with you know, um, a Google Doc and kind of add this way of thinking about version one, its um, its milestones, the point of view that you want to look at, and then kind of defining what outcomes we want and drilling all the way down into the features. Um, and then looking at whether we want like an alpha or beta, a beta release, and then moving on into what we were thinking of as version two, and, and then renamed to sort of post version one. So this link, um, will take you to to the document as we have it right now. Um, what I want to do before I lose I lose time with you guys though is show you a bit of a sneak peek um, of where we are with connecting the, the Famebox wallet to to a web monetization agent. So I'm going to um, stop the slideshow and move over, hoping that you can still see my entire screen. There is no there is no sound. Uh, there's no audio on this, so you know that that's on the one hand. And then this. Um, so we've got a team of three developers that are based in in, Bucha in Bucharest uh, that have been building the web monetization extension that we intend to build, uh, that we intend to release. And this is just a view of what um, being able to connect the agent of the the agent of the web monetization extension to a famous wallet looks like today. Sneak peek. Uh, we call this sneak peek because the hope is that the, in the next, well, we we feel comfortable that in the next call we'll be able to do an actual live demo um, where you're interacting with with radio and thinking and talking and asking questions etc. to the famous team as well. So here goes. So we're landing on a web monetized page, and I'll hit play.
So just to show you that we've got the tag and the payment point on the page. There's our extension. Moving into the Fainbox wallet. Spending wallet and the receiving wallet. Great. So that is it. So I will close this little viewer and stop sharing and open the mic for conversation for questions. Invite Radu and uh, Adrian to talk to us please if there's anything else that you feel like we should expand on so just um just to explain what was happening there so the person basically put five dollars in i guess as, as the maximum and then the time they spent on that radu site they did not end up being 32 cents is that kind of what was going on yes radu please go ahead uh, yes so the amount that was uh, put in that in, in the extension field represents the amount that the grant can use so basically the grant that we ask from the extension from a finbos wallet we'll be able to only spend five dollars from that wallet when it when the grant spends that five dollars we will not be able to spend more so the user will have to make the interaction step again so it can provide more money to the extension but what will be in v1 we will have monthly recurring payments when when where we can say that okay we can have five dollars a month without the user having to make the, the interaction step again that's awesome thank you so the five dollars was the the maximum for the month or for a period that's awesome that's great yes um so i guess if there was multiple websites then that $5 would be shared across all those different websites over that exactly. period. Yes. That's super yeah. good. Thanks, Radu. Yeah. So that's why just to add on sharing, um, different browsers though, basically will have different, in version one at least, we're not gonna be able to share the budget across different devices or browsers. So each browser, right? So if it's $5 on my mobile and something else, or the same thing on my on my um, laptop. Those will be drawn down from separately, at least in version one. Mm -hmm. Cool. Anything else? Uh, Sidi, could you share the link to the document on the slides? I sure can. Thank you. Cool. Um, if that is 
if there are no more questions, then that's it from us. So thank you. And then thanks to everybody who was at the work week and everybody who wasn't at the work week. It's been super cool to learn from and um, collab and like ask questions, etc. from from through and with each one of you. So uh, thanks and it's back to you, Vanilla. Thank you, Sigi. And uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, that's it uh, for today. So we have recorded the call. So we'll also be sharing uh, uh, the recordings later on uh, this week. So see you all uh, next month. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.